Hi, I'm Dr. Raj Karsandis, a GP and lifestyle doctor. Welcome to Health Lifestyle Action, a weight loss and healthy lifestyle initiative commissioned by Hillingdon Council and delivered by the NHS Hillingdon Confederation. Invest in your health now, join us and we'll show you how. Hi and welcome to today's episode of Health Lifestyle Action. Today's guest is Dr. Chang Park, who's a friend of mine, a colleague, a GP and a yoga teacher. Hi, Chang. How are you doing? Hi, I'm very well. Thank you, Raj. How are you? I'm very good, thanks. Thanks for joining good. today's podcast. You're very welcome. Um, so, Chang, I just wanted you to start by uh, giving, giving us a bit of an introduction to yourself. Right, yes. Yeah. So, um, like Raj, I am a GP. Uh, I have been for about 12 years. And I'm also a certified lifestyle um, medicine practitioner. Uh, I am also a yoga teacher, uh, as you said, and I have actually been practicing yoga and um, general practice uh, alongside each other for the the past 10 years or so. And I have felt that there's a lot we can learn um, from yoga and uh, mindfulness practices um, that can be transferable to health and well-being. So I, I, I do both. I love both. And I think um, I would love to share uh, those learnings with you. So you're the perfect holistic general practitioner then, Jack. <laughs> I wouldn't say perfect, but trying. <laughs> <laughs> we can send all our challenging patients to you then. <laughs> I just um, so the reason we brought you on. Uh, Believe that we are talking mindfulness today. We are correct. So I just thought I'd ask you to start with, what is mindfulness? So mindfulness, um, if you've never come across it before, it's a practice. It's an intentional practice, and I would say, in simple terms, what it is is a practice of being very focused and very present in the moment of whatever you're experiencing or doing um and that sounds a bit odd if you've never come across it before but um mindfulness is something that has been developed um fairly recently um by people like john kabat-zinn who you might have heard of uh, and he was one of the pioneers who have bring who've brought mindfulness uh, into western practice but has actually lifted of mindfulness from more kind of ancient practices um, like yoga for example and meditations um, and really it is just an intentional practice of, of coming back to uh, present moment awarenessing uh, as, as I like to put it um, so you're very present in the moment so for example um, if we're having a conversation you and I um, if I'm being mindful about the conversation I'm being very attuned to you your words uh, this moment that we're in together without for example being distracted by being on my phone and I'm so I'm having a mindful conversation so you can apply it to many different um, activities whether it's talking to someone whether it's gardening or walking or eating that's or how I would podcast, describe it you know. hey or doing a podcast. Or doing a podcast. <laughs> yes, yes. Brilliant. And you mentioned uh, you mentioned mobile phones. Um, I mean, do you feel that mobile phones are impacting on how mindful we are? 
Um, yes, I, I would say so. I, yeah. I mean, I think that there is a there is also a mindful way to use a mobile phone and um, a, a mindful way to say read an article on the phone. Um, but for example, if you're reading the article and you receive a notification or a text message and your mind is scattered from one thing to another, um, that I suppose is breaking the line of mindfulness. And um, the, the practice of mindfulness is really coming back to what you're doing in that exact moment. Uh, again and again um, and there are benefits to doing that uh, as we will uh, continue to discuss okay so yeah talk me through these benefits then why why do we need to be mindful so it's been shown that when we when we are more present uh, in the present moment and we practice coming back to um, the present moment that they were in what happens is that we're not so focused on the past or, the, or worrying about the future. And um, the more that we are in present moment, um, it, it has been shown to reduce stress. That's one thing. Uh, it's been shown to help people sleep and become more calm. It's also been shown, um, so people who do a lot of mindfulness or meditation, for example, there have been studies to show that the brain functioning can change as well. So there are areas in the brain that are responsible for emotion regulation, um, also memory, uh, and creativity. These things are, are shown to be heightened when uh, we practice mindfulness or meditation. Um, so it's fascinating uh, research out there. And we are able now to look into people's brains and how they work. And so there's been a real boom in interest in mindfulness and meditations because of these effects um, that ha this has on our brain. And the knock-on effects of being less stressed, uh, being able to focus better, uh, being calmer, uh, they, they knock on to every single other thing, aspect of our lives, whether that be how we eat or how we go about our work or our relationships. So you could argue it is a very um, beneficial practice uh, if you're inclined to do it. And it can really change change things for you. Mm. Now you mentioned, Cheng, um, you mentioned meditation a few times in here. Mm. What? Meditation for some people conjures up this this idea of you know kind of sitting in in a in a lotus position you know uh, with with gongs around and chanting. Mm. The difference between meditation and mindfulness. Yes, so I would say mindfulness is a practice that has developed from meditation as a sort of more traditional or ancient practice but meditate yes I suppose people have a lot of um, imagery that might come into mm. their minds with meditation mindfulness isn't that um, it, it, it's a it's a practice that is similar to meditation and you can be mindful by sitting in that position or a yoga position or whatever but you can also be mindful when um you're running or gardening or uh, knitting um, all you're doing is being very very present in that moment uh, and focused on what what your experience is so you you don't have to be sitting in in one position for an hour um, meditating in the traditional sense to be mindful you can be mindful in a single moment of time um, and that's the beauty of it. And if we recognize that, all of us can actually practice mindfulness um, relatively easily. Mm, okay. 
It's quite interesting. Um, so mindfulness. I mean, we're obviously in this program uh, talking about weight loss, but also, you know, improving health and well-being outcomes. Now, why is mindfulness relevant to weight loss? Well, oh, there are so many ways um, in which mindfulness can uh, alter our relationship with food um, and ultimately our weight, if that's if that's the goal. Um, I, I see it as relevant because uh, when it comes to weight loss, I do think it's not just about what we eat. Uh, it's about why we're eating it at a particular time when you're eating, with whom you're eating, and how you're eating. You know, so if we take eating as a as a just a single activity that we do multiple times during the day, if we just focus on what we're eating, the content of what we're eating, and that is important, of course, when it comes to weight loss, um, we're not looking at everything else that surrounds the reasons why we eat, um, you know, and how we're eating. And those things are important. And when we practice mindfulness, we begin to uh, shine a light. We begin to be aware, okay, I'm eating because I'm tired, I'm stressed. Um, Okay, I'm eating this pack of crisps while I'm watching a film, but I'm so engrossed in the film that I don't really realize I've eaten the whole thing, Um, you know, whatever it is that you're eating. Um, The other thing is, you know how you how you're eating how quickly you're eating you might not realize how quickly you're eating because you're distracted with something else while you're eating so i think over and above what we put in our mouths mindfulness teaches us this recognition about why am i eating it when am i eating it how am i eating it and with who and i think those things are really really key to try and understand our relationship with food and help us uh, to lose weight if that's what we need to do Okay, that that that'd be quite a useful exercise for our participants, um, you know, to maybe go through. So it's it's when are they eating, and mm. what are they eating, and who are they eating it with, and I missed the last one, Jane. Um, how I suppose. <laughs> so how oh, would right. that be with uh, gobbling it down with your fingers while you're walking or in front of the computer at the office? Yeah. Um, that, that sort of thing. I I think, I I suppose when you ask yourself those questions, that's Mm. more of a a practice of asking yourself, Mm. but, um, you can also practice mindfulness in the moments that you're eating, of course, as well. And we, we can come on to that later. Okay. Okay. Interesting. So you're almost thinking not only about the physiological mechanisms. So the, 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 uh, kind of body mechanisms and hormonal mechanisms that, you know, create hunger and make you mm-hmm. want to eat, but also the psychological things that influence it. Yes. Things like sleep and tiredness. I mean, how, how does that impact on your eating? Well, um, we know that um, when we're stressed or, yeah. for example, when we haven't slept, um, we get the stress hormones that, that elevate in our bodies. And stress hormones um, drive us to eat or crave the things that aren't perhaps so good for us so I I suppose um, I mean you and I've both done night shifts for many years of our lives you know you've you've come back from a tired shift at work uh, and your your kind of sleeping system is all out of the whack you know you're hungry you're tired and actually you you sort of almost um, 
not recognizing tiredness for hunger. So you sort of mis, uh, mis um, interpret um, tiredness for hunger and then you might reach for something. That's that's one example. A salt and vinegar crisps, Shane. Yeah, oh, crisps, chocolates, you know, you name it. Um, we'll, we'll go for it. And um, I think if you don't, I guess if you don't recognize that in your body and you don't sit back and think about it, it's easy to reach for those things. And I think a lot of us are in that position a lot of the time because we have a lot of stresses in our lives. We've perhaps got children to look after. We're sleep deprived. We're worried about work. And we don't recognize how much stress is in our system. And it's easy for us to reach for the chocolate biscuit or the crisps and so on. So I think mindfulness works in two ways, because in one way, um, it helps us recognize, OK, that's tiredness, not hunger. OK, that's one thing. But also by the practice, regular practice of mindfulness can reduce those those levels of stress uh, on a sort of chronic basis. And that can be helpful as well. So I think in, in, in myriad ways, it can be helpful. Mm. Okay, that's, that's all very interesting. Thank you. Um, so in terms of how people can do this, how, how can people eat more mindfully? And what are, the, what are the steps they need to take? Okay, so I would, um, I think I'd like to start by, by, by sort of giving an example okay. um, of, of kind of two different ways that you could eat. Now, yeah. I know... Uh, you know speaking from my own experience I've had years where I've got in from work I've switched the telly on um, I've quickly heated something up uh, plonked it on the plate and started eating it whilst watching the news or something and yeah. by the time the program's finished I've eaten my dinner I didn't really know what I ate um, and I didn't really pay attention to how I was feeling about the food or how hungry or full I was in fact I've probably eaten and thought gosh I'm really full um and, and sort of switched off the telly so that's that's one way of eating um another way which which you could argue is more beneficial is that you, you can have a more mindful approach to eating your dinner so when you come in and you prepare your food um you you can be mindful about what you decide to eat how much you put on your plate uh if you if you eat not in front of the telly or the radio you can focus on the tastes of your food, how fast you're eating, how quickly you're getting full. And you can also sit with your loved one maybe uh, and um, have a kind of social time of, of eating as well, which brings some enjoyment into that process. So, so that's an example. And I, and I think that um, to, I, I was thinking recently, you know, if you think about the French and how they approach food, and we're getting back to the how we eat, the when we eat, and the why we eat. If you think about the French as a culture, they have lots of tempting pastries and croissants and rich foods and butter. And, you know, you could argue that that's what their diet is comprised of. And yet um, they don't have uh, really the, the big problems with obesity that perhaps we have. And I'm sure that that is there's multifactorial reasons for that. But if you look at the French, what they will do is they'll prioritize a long lunch break um they won't necessarily eat at their computer they will switch their computer off they'll switch their phone off they'll go and sit down uh, and spend time eating um and i think there's something to be said about that ritual around food and slowing it down and enjoying your food 
And what happens as a consequence of that is that sometimes you can eat less, uh, you can start to become attuned to your own hunger signals. Um, you can eat slower and you can have uh, an enjoyable time of it too. So I don't know, I th I've digressed a bit there, but I think that's an example of perhaps how I was eating for many years. I just shoved it down my throat without really thinking mm. um, versus, a, again, a more mindful way. It's a slow, intentional way of approaching your eating. Mm. So talk to me about slowing food down, because, I mean, would you would you say people chew it more? Because there's I believe there's some evidence around um, increased chewing and uh, digestion. Yes, yeah. um, there is some evidence that yeah. if you slow down, I, I think uh, partly it is also because uh, by the time we've eaten very quickly, mm. um, the body takes time for, you, for it to recognize that it's full. Mm. So the body has a natural signal that it sends up to your brain saying, okay, I've had enough now. But if we eat very rapidly, mm. um, we overshoot that, that time period where the body is, is able to send us that message to stop eating. Mm. And so I don't know about you, but I, I've had lots of times where I've eaten so quickly and hadn't realized how much I've eaten. And then I feel massively full all of a sudden, mm. you know, a, a few minutes later. And the classic example of that, um, would be when I'm watching a, a movie and I've got a big box of popcorn and I'm mindlessly eating it. I've eaten the whole thing mm. and then I feel really bad afterwards. Because <laughs> uh, I hadn't realized, I wasn't really hungry at all. I was just eating it because it was something to do that I've associated with watching a movie. Mm. Um, yeah, so the, the speed and also the chewing, um, actually it's been, it's been thought that when we chew the food a lot, we're allowing the digestion to occur. Uh, in a more natural way, it's healthier for the gut, um, uh, it produces less gas. There are all sorts of other benefits of eating slowly. Mm. Mm. That's very, very interesting. Um, in terms of just going a few steps back, really, what about in terms of mindfulness in food preparation? So before it's even on the plate, what's your views on that? Mm. Well, I mean, I think... Um, this is, I mean, this is about thinking about, it can all stem all the way back to thinking about where your food comes from. Mm. You know, that could be a mindful practice. Um, that also kind of ties in with, with a gratitude practice, which is also a lovely thing to do in recognizing that for the food to have arrived in your home, um, ready to prepare where it's come from, how it's been grown, um, and what decisions you make about what food to put on your plate. For example, um, if you're learning a, a lot about food, you might start to think, okay, I'm going to put one extra green vegetable on my plate or diversify and put a different color on my plate, for example. Mm. Um, I think, yeah, that's, that's a way to be, to mm. be mindful. Um, again, you're taking time uh, and, and thinking about what you want to eat um, and nourish your body with. Mm. Mm. And, and, and I suppose this ties into preparing your own food versus buying, um, you know, pre-prepared microwave type meals. Yes. Well. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. And actually being mindful of the process that you go through to, to actually, you know, make the food. Yes. Yeah. And that can actually increase your enjoyment as well. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. Um, you know exactly um, the effort that you put in to, to create the meal. Um, th there is an enjoyment there. I, th I think, you know, people feel 
perhaps that it's a it's more of an effort to prepare your food but if you approach it in a different way again you can change the way you think about um, food prep if you see it as something that you're doing that's positive for yourself um that you're nourishing yourself by cooking your own meals um introducing more vegetables into your diet i think you can see it in that way uh and it becomes a a different way of reframing your food preparation Mm. great so Chang, you mentioned obviously eating with others, social eating, eating with families. Now, Mm -hmm. it seems to be an apparent contradiction there because we're talking about eating mindfully, paying (laughs) attention to what we're eating. Yet, Mm -hmm. if we're talking to other people, it it seems to be a contradiction because we're almost distracted. So how do you... How do you reconcile that? I think um, I think eating with others is such a part of our social fabric mm. um, and, and a part of how we enjoy meals and how we enjoy food. Mm. I do know that for me, I, I enjoy food when I'm with someone else, you know, yeah. and I think it's so, such a part of our lives. I think you can enjoy your food, appreciate your food and taste your food when you're with other people. I I think it's still possible. Um, I think um, you can be engaged in a conversation with someone. I think for one thing, simplistically speaking, when you're speaking to someone, you can't actually be eating at the same time. So by talking with someone, you're actually slowing down the process of eating, uh, first of all. but it also creates a certain ritual or a certain enjoyment around uh, the food environment. Mm. Um, whereas I think if you do compare that with, say, I'm at, I'm at lunchtime, I'm having my food and I'm, I've got my phone on watching Netflix. Mm. My, my attention is, is, is really not on my food at all, I, I would say. It's, it's more the, the attention is drawn towards the screen and, and whatever I'm um, engaged in watching um whereas i think in a social space you're fully engaged with with speaking and also fully engaged with with eating that's kind of how i would see it so yeah Mm. i agree there's a there's a type of paradox but Mm. but i would argue perhaps there's more of an enjoyment when you're in that kind of social space eating and it Mm. also slows down your eating too yeah definitely definitely um okay i was wondering chang now could you run us through a bit of a Let's let's do a bit of a scenario. So look, um, let's take take someone who's who's come home from a stressful day at work. Okay, so they've come home at seven o'clock in the evening. Okay, mm-hmm. they're burnt out, tired. You know, the kids are there. It's a really difficult day, right? Mm. <laughs> Can you run us through what would be a mindful way to eat, like step by step, perhaps? What you so you, you come through the door and you're thinking about the food, etc. You're really hungry. Yes. All the stress signals are there. You know the stress hormones are there. What do you do? Yeah. I so what now? <laughs> <laughs> God, it's a, it's a hard one because yeah. you know what? If I'm being very honest with you, yeah. I, I, I'm the same as anyone else. I'd, yeah. I'd reach for the biscuit. I'd re- yeah. I, you know I'd go for something that mm. will satisfy that tiredness and that mm. stress. Mm. Now, so the first thing is to recognise um, that familiar pattern. So mm. I know that I'm going to be stressed at seven o'clock on a Friday or Friday, whatever it is. And so I, 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 first of all, I also alter my environment. So I put things away and I don't buy the chocolates. I put them far away in a cupboard somewhere. So I might have uh, uh, some bananas out or nuts or something else that I could perhaps um, eat. 
um, if I know that I'm, I'm definitely really, really hungry and I need something before I prepare my meal. Um, the other thing I, I, I tend to do a lot is have a big glass of water. So I have a, a, a big uh, glass of water, take a breath, uh, and then start to think about uh, food preparation. And that just gives um, your body and your mind a little bit of a pause and a break. Because the thing that happens when um, there's food around and we are stressed and tired is that there isn't that pause or stop. Um, often there is a mindless reaching for, for whatever is there in front of you. So it, it is sometimes worth stopping, pausing, having a drink of water, taking a breath. Um, I don't know, for me, it's putting my comfy clothes on something like that before i go and think about uh food preparation so don't have um, to break to the kitchen or perhaps do and drink a glass of water yes do exactly else that's my that's my okay. little hack okay. um so this person our, 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 our person who's coming home would do that maybe go upstairs change their clothes then mm-hmm. they come back down the stairs now they're they're hungry they've had their glass of water what what do they do next so, um, yeah, I mean, because I think it's unrealistic for someone mm. uh, to say you, you're absolutely starving, <laughs> don't yeah. eat anything until you've completely yeah. prepared your meal, which takes another sure. half an hour or something. Yeah. Um, yeah. I, I think for me personally, the easiest way is to have things in the environment that are, are, are OK Perfect. to eat. Um, and, and that's sort of going into sort of other realms of, of how to manage your environment. Um, so that sure. could be, you know, some seeds or some carrot sticks or a piece of fruit or something like that. And then actually when your system has had a chance, your nervous system has had a chance to feel a little bit more mm. settled, you've got something mm. that isn't wholly unhealthy in your system, then you can go about doing your preparation um, for whatever you've, you've planned to cook. And again, you know, yeah. it is all about cooking, preparing your meals, um, making sure that you're, you're making something nutritious. And I'm sure you're covering all of this in the program. Mm. Um, and then by the time you're ready to eat, uh, again, it's, it's about maybe uh, thinking about removing distractions, sitting down and, and eating slowly and, and enjoying your meal. Mm-hmm. And maybe taking another pause before starting. Yes. I mean, this this um, I don't know how many people do it now, but mm. the, the pausing for grace um, Mm. The, the thankfulness that people have before they start their meals, uh, mm. which traditionally is seen as a religious thing. But mm. actually, I feel like that is a really wonderful uh, practice because not only does it make us feel uh, grateful for what we're about to receive, quite literally, yeah. um, but it, it, it gives you uh, another pause. And I think maybe, you know, that maybe is a nice way to look at it is mindfulness is a pause. It's a pause from the automatic you know, the automatic reaching for something, the automatic eating that happens um, without really any thought. Um, And and mindfulness isn't really about thinking. It is about stopping to experience the moment and recognize what is there. Um, So so pausing before you eat is is great, I think. Yeah. Mm. And it also automatically helps you slow down the process of eating. Mm. Fantastic. Okay. Well, look, Chang, um, I'm just conscious of uh, of time now, really. So I just want to ask you some top tips, maybe you could give listeners to to take away. Yeah. So um, I would say um, 
the the first top tip and i know it's hard <laughs> but the first top tip mm. is actually to switch off the tv or the radio um it doesn't matter whether you're eating with someone or, or by yourself and i think it's actually really hard when you're eating by yourself because we get so used to having stimulation or a sound or something in the background to accompany us when we eat mm. But I would um, encourage you to just try it. Maybe for five days, seven days, just try not having any other distraction, not having Netflix on your phone whilst you eat your meal. And just notice what happens. Notice the taste in your mouth and how you feel and how soon you get full. And simply that that is an exercise to try for yourself. Um, so I, that would be my number one. And if you can keep that telly off um, and, and keep the radio off, then, then I would. I know it's tempting and I know we want to kind of gobble up all our information and podcasts and TV programs and everything else. But there is something about just focusing on your eating that can make a huge difference to your experience of eating, how much you eat and also what you eat eventually as your body becomes attuned to the kind of things that you're nourishing it with. So that would be my number one top tip. Okay. Um, my number two would be um, if you are so inclined and you're interested about mindfulness and how it can infiltrate into your life, not just uh, how it can change your eating, but uh, other things like stress management, how it helps you sleep, how it helps you focus, um, then I would encourage you to maybe try out uh, mindfulness uh, in a guided way because uh, we do need a bit of guidance if you've never done it before. Um, there's lots of different practices out there and apps that you can try for free. Um, so the, the popular ones are Headspace, Calm, uh, Insight Timer. They're very good apps that you can just try it out. And um, when you try out these practices, maybe they're for two minutes, five minutes, just notice how you feel afterwards. Um, and I think um, certainly if you've never tried mindfulness before, um, I'd encourage people to give it a go uh, and, and see what happens and see how it helps you. Um, so it sounds then... like, Chang, you want to make us a mindfulness recording for our listeners. <laughs> <laughs> Well, I'd be happy to do that. Um, but but also there are there are wonderful guided practices uh, all over the, the, the app space and the Internet space. So it's just yeah. about finding what you like. Um, I think, actually, if you think about the notion of meditation, if you think about sitting there and just calming your mind for half an hour, it's never going to happen for people who are new to mindfulness. Go for a guided mm. you know, meditation, because that way someone is leading you through that practice and and it can be a really nice thing to do for yourself um and i guess um what else would be my top tip i think i think actually maybe a moment of reflection about your relationship with food i think this is really important because people don't often sit back and think well what is my relationship with food do i binge do i watch um do i eat late at night um when do i grab for the food when do i go for the snack um how does the food make me feel there are so many things you could you you could journal and think about when it comes to your relationship with food and i think the the more awareness we have about our own relationship with food the more able we are to to make changes eventually little by little mm. um so i think that's a really important part because there isn't one formula for everyone um 
you know, what suits me may not suit you. And it's about building that awareness um, of, of what is my relationship with food? You know, when do I binge? What, what would suit me? You know, that, that is important, I think. Um, so I think if you've never done that exercise to sit back and think or maybe journal, um, you know, ha- what your relationship with food is, then, then I think that would be a great practice to do. Great. Okay. So we've got turn off the TV or radio, try mindfulness mm-hmm. and uh, try some mindfulness exercises, perhaps something guided. And three, take moments of reflection. And maybe that, that includes the pausing we talked about as well. I really yeah. like that. Yeah. Fantastic. Anything else you wanted to add to that? Um, no, I think that's about it. Yeah. <laughs> there there yeah. was a lot said there. Sorry, I, I, yeah. I hope that was a, a, a useful kind of whistle-stop tour about mindfulness. But th- there is so much more to it as well. Mindfulness infiltrates into every area of your life, as I said before, not just uh, your eating habits and your relationship with food. So if you have any inkling of interest about it, then please do go and try it out. That sounds amazing. Yeah. Well, that was really informative, Chang, and I'm sure it will really benefit our listeners. Um, thank you so much for coming on this podcast and uh, you know, giving us lots of wisdom and, and great tips. So thank you very much. Thank you. Thank you for having me and good luck, everyone. Thank you. Take care, Chang. Take care. Bye-bye. Take care. Bye. Bye. This was the Health Lifestyle Action Programme by the NHS Hillingdon Confederation. Learn to become the healthiest version of yourself. Thank you.